Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live once again from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I am one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, we're recording a little earlier than usual today. I really like it because it's kind of a different crowd in here and a different feel. Hasn't quite gotten so wild yet. Yeah, we've, everything's under control. We have a returning guest tonight, Jonathan yes. Brennan. Yes, uh, glad to be back. Uh, it was very fun doing it the last time, and I uh, can't wait to see how this one turns out. Well, first we're going to get our cigars lit, and then I've got some hard questions for you. <laughs> I've, got, I've got information that I must acquire, but... So tonight, I'm smoking something different. Tonight, I'm smoking a Java by Drew Estate that is distributed by Rocky Patel. And it's a flavored cigar. What made you choose that one? Well, I've got a story coming up later in the show about a new Java release. My wife actually really likes these. And this is one of the few, this and the Deadwood tobacco stuff are the only flavored stuff that I really smoke and enjoy. But I've always enjoyed this. It was one of the earliest flavored cigars i ever smoked i don't think i've ever seen a box press cigar look more boxy than that is the most pressed box press cigar i think i've ever seen yeah, like even it, the cap yeah it, even the cap i was noticing that it's uh got a real tight box press on it it's like they well, pressed it with a speed square <laughs> well and it's so box pressed the only way i ever smoked these is i punched them this is definitely a punch cigar yeah because when you try to cut them it'll just bust the cap wide open if you try to cut them straight yeah yeah, it just falls into all kinds of pieces. Trey, what are you smoking? Uh, well, I was really tempted to smoke another Las Calaveras because uh, I enjoyed that so much last week. But instead, I decided to branch out a little bit. Uh, it's another cigar that I've never had before. This is the new Rocky Patel 20th Anniversary Edition. I went for the Toro, which is a 6x54. Oh. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, so Shane is using what can only be described as a welder's torch to light his cigar. Uh, I'll put a picture up on Instagram uh, with this week's episode so you can see the behemoth that he's using. That's not exactly travel friendly, is it? I have had the worst two weeks in lighters in my entire life. <laughs> Last, this week's poker game was punctuated by me hollering out, does anybody have a lighter or two sticks I can rub together fast enough to light this freaking cigar? <laughs> so tonight, I came prepared. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Trey. Um, but the 20th anniversary uh, Rocky Patel, this is the natural version. They also, Jonathan, you were telling me they have yeah, a Maduro have that a Maduro. they just... Um, but this, I'm going to give it a shot. I, I really... I don't smoke very much Rocky anymore. I did. I used to be, the Edge used to be my go-to cigar back when it was under five bucks. Yeah, it's kind of, it's up to, what, seven ninety nine now? Yeah, something in that range. I think it's a little high for that cigar. I do, I do too, especially everything else you can get in that range. Although, you know, from what I, what, what I'm seeing in humidors around the area and what I'm hearing from retailers is that the prices are going up across the board. Yeah. So what used to be a five cigar, five dollar cigar is now an eight dollar cigar and ten, and and it's continuing to go up. So, uh, I, I think they're starting to find, or I think Rocky really has their place in the industry as far as price point goes. Yeah. Their quality is always there, and I always really like their stuff when I smoke it. It's just something I don't get around to very often. Well, with so the I'm edge, though, it. the one thing that I have a problem with the price going up on is just the consistency of the cigar because mm-hmm. one day you, you'll get one and it'll have a perfect draw and, and the flavor is always there but the draw is not always there you you'll get one that's be plugged and then another one that'll be perfect and 
you just never know what you're getting with those. I wonder how much of that is the hundred count box. I think that's a lot of it, though. Because, you know, when you're smoking a 20-count or 25-count box, you know, there's a certain level of consistency because it's one roller. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they do multiple rollers for a 100-count box or if they do the same roller. I would imagine there's probably multiple rollers. I would think so, too, and I think that might explain some of that inconsistency. You need a light? We're on opposite sides of the table, but I can you still You could get probably you. get it from there. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, what are you going to smoke tonight? Um, I'm going to smoke an Ashton VSG Saucer. Um, it's going to be a 7 by 48 or 49. Um, it's a box press. Um, my favorite size in this cigar, Ashton uh, VSG, was actually the second cigar I ever smoked. And uh, I just hadn't had one in a while and saw it in the humidor and just thinking, why not? It's a good time to smoke something good. That's a steep learning curve on your cigars if that's the second one you ever had. Uh, the first cigar I ever had was a Monte Cristo Classic Number 1. Um, and I smoked that for about a week or so. And then uh, the owner of the shop I was going into uh, asked him what his favorite cigar was. And... Uh, I don't know if it was really his favorite cigar. He was just trying to push Ashton, but he said it was the Ashton VSG, and I was like, why not? And I, I really enjoyed that cigar. It's a fantastic cigar. I told the story on the show a couple of weeks ago about that's the only cigar that's ever just put me on my butt. Oh, and the uh, like third time I smoked it, um, I was lightning and accidentally inhaled, Oof. and I thought my lung was going to come up. <laughs> it was horrible, horrible experience. I just like fell down and just coughing. It couldn't quit coughing. It, it was bad, but still love the cigar, though. Well, now that we've got the cigars out of the way, it's your witness, Shane. Okay, Jonathan. <laughs> so I've got to ask. So tomorrow, the Opus arrive. The Opus yes. 2016 Opus X arrive here at the shop. Seven, now it's 17. Or excuse me, 17. Now, does the Opus Ferry bring those? Is it Saint Ophelius? Is it Opus Claus? Who brings these cigars to you? Uh, I think it's UPS, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> okay, when you kiss the UPS man, do you use tongue or do you just keep it straight, not don't so it don't get weird? Um, most of the time, he just drops it off and and I sign and then I look at the box and see the JC Newman because that's typically on Opus. When Fuentes come in and it's Opus, he'll say JC Newman on the box. I don't know why they do that, but that's what it is. And I'm like, as soon as I see that, I'm like, this is Opus. So I get real excited. Now, when you open the box, is it kind of like when they open the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? The uh, gold like light shines it's, it's back. It's like Christmas. So. Well, but so, he's the only one in the shop allowed to open it. Otherwise, it's that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, you've got to... <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan goes running out of here of a boulder chasing him. <laughs> so, no, oh, you're talking about the other scene yes, of the Ark. Yes. Okay. <laughs> In that case, I'd like to recommend who I'd like you to have open the box at this shop. <laughs> but anyway, so the um, Opus this year, tell me about it. What's going to be the, uh, what's got well, you excited? Typically, they, they kind of change up the sizes. Um, as of late, like the past couple times they've come out, it's typically been number fours, number fives, um, Fuente Fuentes, and uh, Petit Lanceros has been a real popular size. Um, sometimes you might get... Um, triple x bellicosos but um they've been kind of rare as of late but this shipment has actually got me really excited because they're shipping out your being a container got stolen we had talked about that last time i was on the show um they were kind of uh, late getting the shipment out and limited on what they could send to you so they're sending out um triple x bellicosos um perfection number fours and what i'm really excited about is the perfection number two which is the size of opus that i haven't seen in many stores and never had the opportunity to smoke so i'm really excited about that i kind of want to see how a torpedo does um with opus especially in a big uh, six by 54 if i'm not mistaken or six and a half by 54 wow so i'm really excited about that now i you might know this because i know any when 
in November when the Añejos come out, yeah, the shark is the first to go in mm-hmm. every shop I've ever. Why don't they do that shape in an opus? They actually do do that shape in an opus. Um, okay, why don't I ever see that shape in an opus? <laughs> um, because they only do it in very limited numbers, and okay. a lot of times that only comes in. Uh, I think the only ones I've ever seen is the Opus 22. Okay. It's done by Prometheus, where they give you 22 different Opus in a box. It costs $1,000. But um, you get the BBMF, the Shark, Tiger Shark, which is like a shark, but it's a little bigger. Um, and uh, they do a lot of the rare sizes, like the chili pepper and stuff like that. Okay. So that's the only time that you're really ever going to see um, perfection or um, the Shark in the Opus. But if I'm not mistaken, if you go to Casa de Fuente or uh, is it yeah, yeah Casa, Casa Fuente, Fuente in Vegas, I think they have them there okay. and they regularly have them. So, but I think they run about sixty bucks, sixty seventy bucks, which is a little much for me. That's more than the flight to get to Vegas. <laughs> well, and the we went to Casa Fuente when we were in Vegas, and it was nice. I mean, I had whatever their blend is that you have to go to Casa Fuente to get. I had that sitting there in Caesar's Palace. It's a beautiful setting. I had an $8 margarita. It was worth about four. But <laughs> I had it just sit there and the experience, getting to soak it in and just enjoy it in Vegas is really, you kind of got to go to Vegas with the concept that price is not an option. Yeah, because I know like Opus, uh, they have the BBMFs in, in Vegas, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're 125 piece. Um, which, like you said, is more than the flight there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I love Opus for the fact that I, like you mentioned, you know, enjoying the experience. I typically smoke an Opus right around Christmas every year, just because I'm a huge fan of Christmas. I love Christmas, and uh, just right around, right within a couple of days of the holiday, just taking the extra time to sit down somewhere quiet, no music, no work, no nothing, and just enjoying Opus. I really feel like I'm a part of the story that went into creating that cigar. There's something about that experience for me that I really enjoy. Well, also, an Opus comes out, supposed to come out twice a year, which they try to do it before Christmas and before Father's Day, which they were late coming out this year, which was a little disappointing. I was expecting them to come out towards the end of May, first of june at the latest but um now we're looking at first of july before we're going to get them which um, now we got it's finally here but will you sleep tonight or will you stay up all night waiting? um i actually have to work tomorrow so i'll probably sleep but i'll wake up early and get here as soon as i can um i'll actually be at work early just to get opus because uh we have a, a good customer here that um he's just as big of an opus fan as i am and uh, he has the stacks to uh, buy everything we have, so I've got to beat him to the punch. <laughs> he's going he's to sneak into the UPS headquarters tonight and put LoJack on the truck that bring, just so he can track it the whole way in. <laughs> so he knows when it's on its way. Well, nobody tell Javier that they're coming tomorrow. Did oh, I, no, Austin, Javier will be in here, and he'll be like, I want everything, and when you tell him no, he'll get mad. So we can't we can't let Austin divulge that information until we get at least one to have a sh- to smoke on the show. That's exactly right. I want at least five of the number twos. If I can get five of the number twos, I'm good. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the number four and uh, the triple X Bellicoso. I have quite a few in my humidor, so um, I'm still okay on those. But the number two, I'm really excited about. Well, also the Davidoff order is coming in tomorrow. So be careful which box you open or you might be really disappointed. Oh, yeah, that would be very disappointing. Um, I guess I'll just have to look at the uh, name coming in on them. Um, Make sure I look for that J.C. Newman tag. 
Well, he said that the um, the new Avos, he's getting the Fogata and the Synchros. And the Ritmo. I think the Ritmo's coming in, too. Is he getting the Ritmo? Um, I know the shop uh, that I go to in Tuscaloosa when I was last down there, he had just gotten the Ritmo in, so I'm imagining the Ritmo's coming in on this one. Like I've said it on the show before, but I've smoked the Ritmo. I don't know if I like it or not. It's too many different kinds of tobacco. Um, I liked it. I, I smoked it, but it was a smaller size, and I thought it was pretty enjoyable. I still haven't tried one. I'm hoping that they do come in so that I can get, give it a shot. So, moving on, another big news that happened this week is furthering the FDA saga. So, the House approved the House subcommittee approved the premium cigar exception legislation. So what this is, is basically it's the bill we've been talking about to exempt premium cigars from the new FDA regulations. And it only makes sense. You know, it's like we spoke about last week. They're trying to get their hands around vaping, and they realized it was an opportunity to, you know, fleece the cigar industry. <laughs> so here is how the, this legislation will define a premium cigar. It has to either, A, have 100% leaf tobacco binder and is hand-rolled, B, has 100% leaf tobacco binder and is made using human hands to lay the leaf tobacco wrapper or binder into only one machine that bunches, wraps, and caps each individual cigar. Is there an option that doesn't involve human hands laying that into a machine? <laughs> I mean, I've, I mean, is the, I'm just curious, is there a, you know, you see the tr- combines that go through the field and they mow down corn stalks and spit out corn. Is there a tractor that mows down tobacco and spits out cigars? Because I want one. Well, I think <laughs> I think the distinction there is it's one machine that does all of it. So there's no conveyors. There's no, basically, uh, Vill- Villager makes, or Villager makes a pseudo box press, a little shorty, machine-made cigar that you'll usually see by the register at a lot of your local brick-and-mortars that's a fantastic cigar, but it is a machine-made cigar. It's 100% you know, tobacco, long-leaf tobacco like we're used to, but they do use a machine to do all of the different steps in the actual rolling, and it's not capped at all. And that, So I think, I think that's probably where the distinction is. Well, and C, option C is it has a homogenized tobacco leaf binder, is made in the United States using humid hands to lay 100% leaf tobacco wrapper onto only one machine that bunches, wraps, caps each individual cigar, and is not a cigarette or a little cigar. <laughs> what classifies it as a little cigar, though? I, I would like to get that, that definition. Yeah, I would like to see what the definition is. are we just talking of... about the little clove cigars, like the Dijarms or something like that? Or if you talking... have to ask, you've got a little one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or are we talking about, like, black and milds and stuff like that? Because I think all that needs to be included in on the FDA regulations and just exclude just the premium cigar part that's hand-rolled, or at least in my opinion, because that doesn't... They're already regulated, I think. Um, they have to follow certain guidelines. So, Well, and the homogenized part of that is fermentation of tobacco is 90% art, 10% time. So I definitely don't want anybody involved other than a master tobacconist yeah. deciding when a cigar is ready to smoke. Right. I don't think there should be any legislation defining that. And But now, Candela's are still homogenized, correct? I don't believe so. Uh, 
Kendall is here just hung up, um, just like all the other tobacco. They're just pulled down a little early before they start turning brown, if I'm not mistaken. Well, then what keeps them from turning brown in the humidor if there's not some process? Ooh. Um, well, the aging the aging process from a from a tobacco curing standpoint, you know, we talk about aging in the humidor. That's a different than a curing process, and the curing is where you get the color change. And so once you once you pull that, that's when that process stops stops. And so that's how you how it. Regardless, you can age a candela in your humidor for five, ten years, and it still stays green. Well, and the other great part of this legislation, so when they originally released the FDA rules, the date was February 15, 2007. They wanted any cigar made after that date to have to go through this rigorous, arduous, ridiculous process that they're trying to do. And all. this bill will actually change that date to August 8, 2016. Okay, so, so they're not going to retrodate anything, which is the way it should be. You but is it able. is it that they're not going to everything after that is going to whether it's a premium cigar or not it's going to have to be regulated or is it after that only the stuff that doesn't qualify under A B and C is going to have to follow the regulations? I believe it's the latter. I believe everything that okay. does not qualify under A B or C will have to go through all the stuff. So basically, so for us that that date's pretty much irrelevant. Yeah, for, for us, us it really right. won't matter. Yeah. For those of us that smoke hand rolled premium cigars masterpieces works of art that really won't have a problem with it. I know I get a little esoteric <laughs> when I start describing my hand-rolled cigars, but it's very well, I mean, important. some of them are works of art. I mean, you have like the LFD Unica series. Um, that's that big Salamone um, that uh, the guy, they have one guy that sits there and cuts out little, like I have a Statue of Liberty one and a Punisher skull one that he put on the cigar and like it, it's perfectly put on there looks great and all he does uh what's the little knife that they cut the tobacco Javata. yeah the javata um he sits there all day and like slowly just wiggles his way through to cut these shapes out and puts it on there and it's really cool it's their works of art and it's amazing what he does with that it's amazing to me but so good moves made legislatively this week as far as getting you know getting premium cigars exemptive which it should be the, yeah and we've you know, I remember when all of this first started a couple of years ago and everyone was losing their minds, it seemed like it was a classic case of asking for a pony when you really want a bicycle. You know, and, and so I, I always had this feeling in the back of my mind that the original wording of the legislation or the, or the regulation was going to be such that it was going to eventually get whittled down before it ever went into effect. I'm didn't expect it to get whittled down to a point that I'm actually okay with it. I figured I'd still have to give something up at the end of the day, but it sounds like the exception is going to allow us to continue to enjoy this hobby as we always have. There may be a little bit of a price increase, but we're seeing that anyway, so it's just you know par for the course at this point. Well, and as we speak, we're about a week from the IPCPR show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it starts... Uh July 10th, if I'm not mistaken. So that's in Vegas this year. Yes. And not I, in New Orleans. In, yeah, they so. did it in New Orleans, and it was not much pumpkin, is from what I understand. I heard it was miserable in New Orleans. The humidity down there was made it just absolutely miserable for people. Um, I heard people complain about Vegas the year before that, and after going to New Orleans, they're like, can we please go back to Vegas? Just keep <laughs> it in Vegas. 
Like, you never thought anybody would be okay with Vegas. But well, uh, I know a lot of the guys had a really hard time just finding a place to smoke while they're down there in New Orleans. It's like, why are you going to go to a cigar event, like the biggest cigar event in the industry every year, and you're going to have to, like, hiding out in the back alleys with the crack addicts just to try and get smoke a cigar? And even at, like, hotels nowadays in certain cities, like, there's no even if you have a balcony, you can't smoke on your balcony. The hotel's completely smoke free, other than like a little bitty courtyard where they have like two folding chairs setting up that you can set in this little circle that's about the size of like six a six foot circle that you know you can smoke in, and that's the only only way you can smoke. And even if you do go and smoke, you're looked down upon by people that walk by you. Yeah. Well, so I've found when I go go abroad. I always do hot wire and search by four star and above. Four star and above always has a really nice smoking area. When I was in Miami, it was the upper deck where the pool was, and there was plenty of room where me and my wife could sit on the couch and have a cigar. When I was in Orlando, they had a whole designated smoking area, and most of the people out there smoking were smoking premium cigars. There wasn't a lot of your, your cigarette people out there just chain smoking one after the other i had my former boss he went to a marriott um i don't remember where it was at but uh i want to say it was in minneapolis or something um he went to a marriott and it was a completely smoke free like he couldn't smoke cigars and they didn't have a cigar shop really anywhere near him and um he had to uh get an uber or taxi to go anywhere to smoke and uh that was just really inconvenient for him because he really enjoys smoking cigars. He likes to enjoy one at night right before he goes to bed. So that was kind of inconvenient for him. And I thought that was just, they could at least have a smoking area, especially a place like the Marriott. Yeah, if you're going to if you're gonna be a luxury hotel, have ability for people to enjoy luxury items. Right. I mean, every, I mean, even your airport Ramada has a bar. So it just... You know, if you're going to have that that ability to unwind, if at, at that star level, you should have at the very least just a nice place outside. And I, and I, you know, in Savannah, Georgia, they've got a pretty strict smoking ban in citywide, and you can't smoke on patios at restaurants down there. And I've always had a problem with restricting smoking outside. You know, hospital campus. Okay, I get that. That makes sense. Um, College campuses, I don't really agree with it, but there's nothing I can do. But a restaurant or a city or whatever, outside is outside. I guarantee you that the cattle truck that's driving by on the surface street is putting more harmful things into the air than my cigar is. And going back to the college campus thing, I mean, uh, the university I go to, University of Alabama, um, we just implemented a smoking uh, smoke-free campus, I think, two-ish years ago. And one of the big things on that was they had a, a girl that complained that she was allergic to nicotine, which is completely understandable if you're allergic to nicotine, and that it was causing her to break out with people walking through campus smoking. Uh, they were smoking cigarettes, and, there, and there's some people that do smoke cigars on the quad and stuff. But I'm like, unless you're standing right in front of them, the air dissipates that so fast that that is not going to cause you to be broken out. And the nicotine, you're only going to get the nicotine from holding it yeah. or smoking it. There's, yeah. You're not going to get... They blew it way out of proportion, but even then, there's no way for them to enforce it. I mean, even uh, the police, all they can do is come up and tell you just to put it out. Yeah. Um, because there's no citation, legal citation they can write you. And unless you disclose, uh, like, your student ID, they have no way of actually writing you a, a NAM, is what they call it, a, a student violation thing. Um, 
they have no way of doing that. So, I mean, most of the time on college campuses, if it's a smoke-free campus, there's nothing that they can do about it realistically. They can come up and ask you to put it out, but that's about all. So, yeah. um, Well, it's, it's kind of ridiculous how they – you can take anything to the extreme. Okay, orphanages, nunneries, I don't have to have a cigar if I happen to be visiting one of them. Yeah. But – I don't visit a lot of orphanages and nunneries, not for that reason, just because there's really nothing for me there. <laughs> but, the, you know, and how many people go to Alabama? How many people are at that school? Um, we have 40,000 students right now. So, so one person versus 40 it wasn't, grand? It wasn't one person. It, it was, that was one of the big complaints that uh, apparently people had made, but they never disclosed how many people. And I can't imagine that. I think we should require case. her to present her scratch test to prove that she's actually allergic. And they, uh, and they also they sent out a, a petition asking people to sign it. And this petition, they had to get a thousand signatures. It took them six months to get a thousand signatures. I'm like, so a thousand people are saying they want a smoking ban, while thirty nine thousand are saying they don't. And you're going to listen to that one thousand? Yeah. But I think they did it for. Uh, tax re- or not tax reasons but uh, government funding reasons because that's kind of where the government wants you to go and that's where you're seeing more and more colleges go that way yeah. and it's just and that, that's why at Alabama they don't enforce it like I mean you walk through they aren't going to say anything to you you might have that one teacher that walks up to you and you just say you know piss off and move on with your life yeah it's like now you know Berkeley yeah you're probably going to get thrown in the hooskow but uh, yeah <laughs> University of Tennessee here, I mean, yeah, this exactly. is America so this is this is the land of the free now, after the break, I want to talk about the new cigars coming out. But before the break, okay, Trey, you're a couple of inches into that 20th. Tell me about it. It's very... I wasn't expecting as much leather and wood out of it. Rocky, I don't usually get those types of flavors, but that's kind of... It's it's more mellow, more earthy than I was expecting. I usually expect a little bit more spice, a little bit more pepper out of, out of his cigars, but it's really, really good. It's I can't wait to get a little bit deeper into it. it I didn't get an even light on it, so I don't think I can give it true justice uh, as a review just yet, but I am enjoying it. Well, and your father had a box of those that were Lanceros. I'm speaking to Jonathan. Yeah. And I thought they were excellent Lanceros. Oh, I mean, that Lancero, I think Dad smoked... I think I bought a total of four boxes for him just over the, over the time and uh, over the past year, and he smoked them all. I mean, he shares them, but, I mean, most of the majority of those were smoked by him. That was kind of his go-to for a long time. Well, that's, a, that's just a really good cigar, and I love the Lancero shape. You're going to get a lot of wrapper. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a little more Clint Eastwoody because yeah. it's kind of that, that long, thin cigar. It's not the, you know... The range to me of cigar size goes from Clint Eastwood to the Monopoly guy. <laughs> so, and now all the ranges in between there, and that's definitely more toward the Clint Eastwood side of the scale. <laughs> We're going to have to whiteboard that one of these days and just figure out where everything lies. You oh, got I, George Burns and Groucho Marx in there somewhere, and you got to... Oh, yeah, I had And then a, we, have a, we have a regular that comes in here, and he smokes the Asylum 8 by 80 and that's what he smokes every time he comes in, which blows my mind. I'm like, I, I don't even know how to smoke that. <laughs> we used to have a word for that in one of my other shops, but that's not appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> now, does he like the 8 by 80 or does he like the, is, you know, okay, I'm going to have one cigar and then I'm going to go home, so you make it a big one? No, um, like when we don't have it, he, uh, he gets the 7 by 70, but um, he's very adamant on the 8 by 80, and we, we order those just for him. Um, I've, 
So, and he seems to really enjoy it. I mean, he'll smoke it all the way down to a little bit of nothing. So, so empirical evidence: is he a large man? Is he what's his stature? No, he's actually, you know, I would say five, five eight. You know, not not too thick. You know, just kind of normal size, kind of a normal looking guy. Have you ever noticed any similarity between the size of the human being and the size of cigar they smoke? Either one of you? No, I can't no. say that I have. No, not really. Um, sometimes most of the like the uh, guys that smoke the bigger cigars, they're um, they're younger because um, I think they think that it's cool to smoke a bigger cigar. But um, I've always been a fan of you know thinner ring gauges. So I like about a fifty or smaller. I'm not a huge fan unless it's torpedo or something like that. Well, I tend to like I tend to like the larger ring gauge smoke. Mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of it, just because I like the complexity. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Asylum Giant ring gauge cigars because to me it's just a little more filler than I like. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also a uh, bigger ring gauge cigar if it's by a, a top brand. You know, I think you smoke uh, like you smoke the LFD, um, Lagru or which one? Yeah, Lagranu. Lagranu, um, and then. Uh, you smoke uh, the pigs and stuff, the feral flying pigs. So, I mean, you're smoking high-quality big ring gauge cigars where you're getting to, I wouldn't say Asylum is lower, lower quality, but it's not up there with, with some of your other brands. So you are going to get that kind of like funky filler taste, at least for me. So. Well, and, okay, so tomorrow also coming in is the Baccarat. That will be coming into this shop. And I know Trey's not a big Baccarat fan. No, not particularly. Isn't that a flavored cigar? No. Or it doesn't have a sweet tip to it? No, the ones I've had have been just straight. Um, to me, Baccarat is like a, the onion ring of cigars. <laughs> so the more expensive the onion ring you buy, the less good the onion ring is. Okay. The cheaper your onion rings are, you go to Sonic <laughs> and get an order of onion rings and they're outstanding. You go to J. Alexander's and you get their onion rings and they're panko crusted and they're sweet Vidalia onions and they're just flash fried you know in extra virgin olive oil and they're just terrible so to me the baccarat is the cheap onion ring of the cigar industry <laughs> huh, i'm gonna have to try one of those because I, I think i've seen them before but i've never actually given them a shot well i've just always drawn that conclusion with that that's pretty funny well we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with more ipcpr news after this Shane here with your cigar etiquette tip of the week. When you're in a cigar shop and someone gives you a cigar, don't just take it and run. Have a seat, enjoy the cigar with the person that gave it to you. Take the time, they're giving you a free cigar, enjoy it with them. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, smoking the Java by Drew Estates tonight, sitting across the table from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. And, and Jonathan, we haven't run you off yet. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> now, Jonathan, you said that that Ashton was the second cigar you ever smoked. What was the first? Uh, the Monte Cristo Classic Number 1. So uh, I didn't start off with mild or flavored. I, I went to medium body or what was considered medium body. I would probably consider it mild nowadays, but uh, then went straight to the full body. So uh, that's kind of where I got my taste from. And here's the thing. If you smoke premium cigars, 
your palate evolves. It doesn't dull down to me. It seems to evolve. I enjoy, like, I haven't smoked one of these Javas in two or three years. And I'm really enjoying this. And I'm really enjoying the chance to just have that little hint of chocolate flavor. And this is the milk chocolate flavor as opposed to the dark chocolate. And that's one of the things that I noticed about my palate changing over the past couple of years is I got to a point probably about five years into smoking cigars where I just kept going for bolder, 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 bolder. And then I started really branching out with the Opus mm-hmm. and with the some of the Ashtons, like the San Cristobal, which really changed my life. The Revelation is an amazing cigar. That really kind of brought me back into the complexity and flavor versus knocking your head off to where now the San Cristobal Elegancia is probably the best Connecticut out there in my book. And I can really enjoy some of those lighter cigars like the Underground Shade that I wouldn't have been able to enjoy four or five Going back to the Underground Shade, that's probably one of my favorite uh, light cigars Mm -hmm. just because it does have that flavor to it that a lot of times you don't get out of, uh, you know, Connecticut's where it'll just kind of be one-dimensional and bland. I really do get the flavor out of that cigar. And I'm pretty excited. I cleaned house at poker the other night, so I've got about four of them sitting at the house. Yeah, that there I was a lot of those in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Trey came from way behind on the Tuesday night poker game to totally dominate at the end. It's amazing how much better you are at cards when you're not drunk. <laughs> Sober poker is easier. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> but was we had a great game. We had somebody like told that players. to if somebody told that to Jay. He might not have to buy in six or seven times. <laughs> <laughs> But moving forward, so talking about the IPCPR, let's talk about some of the new cigars that are coming out. One of the ones that my wife is terribly excited for is the new Java Cherry. It's going to be dark chocolate and cherry-flavored Java-infused cigar. And she's seen these last night, and is just elated. She can't wait to get on, get one. Is she going to pair that with her favorite cherry, cherry cola from Sprecher? <laughs> it's highly possible. <laughs> that actually might be a very good combination, though. I don't know. I don't know if it might be too much cherry. cherry. It depends on how cherry the Java is, because if it's a subtle cherry, I think it'll be a big hit. If it's overpowering cherry, I don't know how, how big of a hit it's going to be. Well, it's like those cigars that we smoked on, I think it was the St. Patrick's Day episode or maybe one of the other Bow episodes, the, the, the Drunken Monk or... Smoking Monk. Smoking Monk that were so wonderfully infused with, you know, different beer-style flavors that you wouldn't need to necessarily pair it. So it'd be interesting to see if the cherry's that way, too. And remind me, next time we get Kyle on the podcast, our local Drew Estate rep, I want to understand how this relationship of Rocky Patel and Drew Estate came about, where Drew Estate makes the cigars and Rocky Patel sells them. And then Drew Estate went, oh, crap, that works. Let's bring the tobacco. <laughs> well, I think they, because the Java, um, the Latte, and the Maduro are the, are the exact same as, they're just the box press version of the Tabac. Um, the, uh, so I think what they did is they didn't want to distribute both box press and at the time when they started doing them, they didn't want to distribute both of them. So they offered it to Rocky, and I'm sure that they probably would have already brought it back, but I'm sure there's a contract there that has them where they can't bring it back to the Drew, just Drew Estate. So, well, Because I want to say that was probably done a good while ago when they did that. Oh, it's been 10 years or better, yeah. I'm sure. So um, I'm sure that was just both of them, I think, were uh, kind of in their 
underlying. They just started up his company, his company, so they probably partnered together on that one. And well, uh, the capital probably helped there. These will be called the Java Red, and the price point on these is really nice. I mean, the five by fifty eights, ten fifty five, five and a half by fifties, nine twenty. Um, the smallest one, the four and a half by thirty eights, only seven dollars. So they're really coming, you know, the price point's great on these particular cigars. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of excited to see how that goes. And also with the Java line I was reading, um, they're going to do four by uh, 42, and they're going to be in 10-count tens. So for those people that don't want to have to put them going by the single petite Coronas and put them in a bag and carry them around with you, you can just buy the 10, throw it in. Um, for the women, they could throw it in their purse, or the men, they could put it in their back pocket or something, not worry about damaging the cigar and take it with them, um, which I think will be a great seller for them. Makes me wonder. I wonder if we were talking about the little cigars earlier as a part of the exemption to the FDA. I wonder if that's what they're talking about, the exclusivos and the cigarillos and things like that that come in the tin. I, I hope not, because you still get everything out of those cigars that you get out of a bigger size cigar just in a smaller footprint. So it makes me wonder if maybe that's what they're they're thinking of in that regard. Well, you would think as long as it's hand-rolled and homogenized, it wouldn't matter what size it is. It right. should be a premium cigar. Exactly. Now, what else um, do you have coming out of the show, Jonathan? Um, what I was reading on, uh, I want to say, Half Wheel, um, with Tatuaje, they have um, how they did the Skinny Monsters, which were the Petit Lancero size. Um, they're coming out with two new sizes. I don't know if they've already been released or if they're going to be released after the trade show. I think it's after the trade show, but they're doing a full-size Lancero in all the Monster si- in all the monster blends um, that's going to come in a sampler pack. And I think it's going to be right around $100. Um, and then they're going to do a Corona Gorda in all the sizes. They'll be right around the same price which I think those will be great because I just love those little sampler packs. I'll buy five or six of them and uh, just kind of smoke those periodically and put a couple back and let them age. And um, that's one cigar, that just sampler of cigars, that whole line I really enjoy. So, um, And then also they're coming out with, uh, they're doing their last two iterations um, of the Monster Series, which is going to be the Michael is going to be this year. Um, it's going to come out um, around the 1st of October, right before Halloween. And then next year is going to be the Bride, which is what they're going to end with. They started with the Frank, and now they're going to end with the uh, Bride, which is going to be the Bride of Frankenstein. So I think that's going to be really cool. Um, not quite sure what wrapper they're going to use on it. I'm not sure if they've disclosed that yet. Uh, the Michael's going to measure 6.5 by 52 um, is what it says on half wheel. And... Now, you're the only person that I know could possibly answer this question off the top of your head. Can you name all ten of the monsters? Ooh, uh, okay. We have the Frank, the Drac, the Face. Um, then it's going to be the Wolf Man, the Mummy, the Jason. Oh, I think it was Jekyll and Hyde. Then it was Freddy... Then it's going to be the Michael this year and the Bride next year. And That's then impressive. they did the uh, Chucky and Tiff and the uh, Skinny Monster Pack. I'd have never got it. No, I wouldn't have either. As I've mentioned before, I've actually never had anything in the Monster series. So um, I actually collect them. Um, that's, that's one thing that I got into once I first got into cigars. I, the Jason actually came out the year that I got into cigars, and I bought a box of those. I am actually got them off of eBay, surprisingly. Um, you can actually find some pretty good deals if you wait till about Christmas time. 
because as soon as they come out, the prices are six hundred dollars a box, and if you wait till about e- till about December, you can get them for two fifty to three hundred, huh. um, which is just a little above retail, which I think is pretty good value. So I bought a box of Jasons, then actually found a box of Mummies for two hundred. It was a dress box, um, and then I have the Jekyll and the Hyde, and I have yet to get the Frank yet. Um, I kind of or not the Frank, um, the Kruger. Um, I kind of fell off of that one. I, Kind of got behind, had other things come up, so gotcha. uh, was waiting for the Opus Twentieth, which I was hoping to get a box of those, and <laughs> that didn't happen. So priorities, um, I like it. Yeah, got to put Opus before everything else. I like that when Jonathan is making out his annual budget, he has the budget cigar release into that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, so October, I've got <laughs> Yeah, everything was just coming out right around the same time, and I was really hoping to get a box of those Opus Twentieths. Um, now, after smoking one, I'm, I'm glad I didn't spend the money because I think they were going for about $800 to $1,000 at most shops. Oof. And uh, at the time, I would have bought it. Not smoking a single one would have flushed out that money and just not a problem. But uh, now that i smoked one, I'm really glad because that was one opus that just really disappointed me. Hmm. Now, another good c- new cigar coming out that I know Trey will be happy for is the Crowned Heads 4 Kicks Maduro. So... I'm actually really looking forward to this cigar because when Crown Heads first hit the market, I wasn't a huge fan. I know that's hard to believe given how much I talk about them on the show, but it's because the Headley Grange and the Four Kicks were not bold enough for my palate at the time. I really like the flavor that they put into it, but the Four Kicks always just leaves me wanting a little bit more. So I'm really, really looking forward to the Maduro because I think it's going to bring a little bit of complexity that that cigar needs just by amping up the wrapper a little bit. Well, and they're putting a Connecticut Habano wrapper on it, and underneath is going to be a Nicaraguan binder and filler, so that's that's got some pretty good um, heritage in that cigar. It does, and I think they're learning from the popularity of their subsequent releases. You know, the, the Four Kicks was one of their flagship original lines, and so now that they've seen some of the successes that of the the palate of their regular smokers sort of change and lend more to that Nicaraguan flavor. I think they're starting to blend more cigars to fit that. Well, in keeping with their tradition, I mean, the largest one, the 6x54, is $10.40. Yeah, so, I mean, their their price point is so good. That that has a lot to do with why I'm such a big fan of their brand. It's just because they make fantastic cigars, but you don't have to second mortgage the house to buy them. Unlike those yeah, Opus that you like Opus, so much. Yeah, you do. Um, but Opus only comes out twice a year. When you have limited production cigars like that, they're going to be um, a little bit more on the pricey side. Mm-hmm. Like, even with uh, Crown Heads, the Los Calaveras, what it comes in around, like, I think the smallest size is, what, $11, $12? Yeah, I think it's ten ninety nine here, I think, yeah. is for the, the small one. And, and here, our price points are a little cheaper than, than most other places. Right. But... Um, but now, the Los Calaveras was this year was, was like, out of this. I know world. you talked about it last show, but it was phenomenal cigar. I smoked it right when we got it in. And I'm not the biggest Crown Heads fan, but that Los Calaveras was awesome. That's probably my second favorite cigar in the humidor right now. What's the favorite one in the humidor right now? I really love the Tabernacle by Foundation Cigars. That is just my go-to. Um, <laughs> I, I smoked that cigar quite a bit. And you've uh, probably put a box of those away by this point, haven't you? Not at this shop, because um, I don't really like to smoke while I work. Um, so um, as much as I work, and then when I'm off, I don't really want to come into the place that I work, you know, and be in here <laughs> all the time. So um, I haven't had a chance to smoke that many. I think I smoked like seven. So, um, But I'll probably buy a box before the end of the summer. 
Now, Trey, the other thing they do at the show is new accessories. Ah, Tell us. Now we're in my wheelhouse. So th- this is what I get excited about every year for the show uh, when the companies start releasing their new accessories because everyone knows I'm a gadget nut, right? Uh, the thing that really caught my eye, there's a few that I want to talk about, but the thing that really caught my eye is Scrim by Hutch, which is the studio behind Zycar's higher-end XI models of their cutters. They do the, the ivory and the... Um, and the coral and all those really ornate things. Uh, they're doing some special, I, I guess you'd call them character lines, that they're going to be... Each of these is a limited release of only about 200 or so, and they're all going to be about two to $500 each. So they're not cheap. Uh, but the thing that really caught my eye is a Big Lebowski set. So it's two cutters. There's no lighters that go with these, but one of them is the Dude, so, of course, you've got Jeff Bridges on one side of the cutter, and that says the dude on the other. And then the other is uh, John Goodman's character, Walter, and it's that famous scene where he's holding the gun in the bowling alley. And that's the other cutter. You can get those as a set for 800 but they're also going to make those where you can buy one or the other um, at about 400 bucks each. But they're also... Keeping in that, there's a George Burns version, there's a Groucho Marx version. It's just really creative and innovative, and I love seeing people really push the envelope on accessories. Well, and cigar guys, heritage-wise, Groucho and George Burns are the staples. They're kind of the icons of the the golden age of cigars. Yeah, I think the only real famous, you know, person missing from that list is probably Churchill. I would also say Twain. I would go Churchill and Twain. I mean, Churchill has a size named after him, and Mark Twain actually has a cigar line that's named after him, so... Yeah, Um, they're definitely getting their due in the industry. Um, But a couple of other things from the accessory side that I'm really excited about. Um, Well, excited about... Calibri's introduced a new lighter that I'm not sure if I'm excited about it yet or not. I really love everything Calibri does. Uh, they're really innovative. They're really pushing the envelope. They've made uh, a lighter called the Gotham, and it's the world's first triple torch lighter, and it's it uses that uh, trademark inline triple torch that they've started doing a lot of lately, and it's got a V-cutter built into it. It's, you know, now I have their Astoria, which has the straight cut built into it that they released a few years ago, and I really like it, but they tend to be really... Clunky is the wrong word. Just cumbersome. But we all know how good the Calibri V-Cutter is. And by all accounts, this is made in the same way. I can't. I don't believe it's spring-loaded, but it's the exact same design as the standalone V-Cutter. So I will be really interested. I hope I can get my hands on one of those. I'm sure they're going to retail for about is it going to be like the so. uh, the deep V that mm-hmm. they have? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be really nice then. Yeah. So you can see. I've got a picture here that it's really it's. It's basically... Oh, wow. I'm, yeah, they're going to have to post that picture because this that lighter looks awesome. But I may have to pick one of those up. What's the price point going to be on those? Prob- they haven't released it yet. I'm, I'm gonna I know the straight cut one's around 160 which isn't bad considering, I mean, you, you have everything right there right. that you need. Right, and, and I'd imagine it's probably going to be around that same price point. But speaking of V-cutters, you know, Zycar's released a new one. And they are still, as much as I hate to admit it, they're still playing catch-up to Calibri. You can tell they're really trying to capitalize on Calibri's success, and they they 
released a new V cutter at the same time. It wasn't spring loaded. It wasn't nearly as deep. So I think Calibri really beat them to the punch there. This one's a little bit deeper, still not spring loaded. So it, it, it'll be interested to see if they make up any of that uh, market share on the V cutter with this new, with this new one. Yeah. Calibre is just doing a great job with their accessories right now. I mean, they're really killing it in the market and they're reliable where with like Zycar, their lighters, you might get a Zycar lighter and who knows how many times you're going to have to send it back. That lifetime warranty is great, but when you got to send it back six times, that's good. that gets kind of annoying. Well, that's the thing. I'd rather have a limited warranty that I never have to use than yeah. a lifetime warranty that, that I have, I have to, to use, use multiple time. times. And with Zycar, you pay about 15 to 20% more for the exact same lighter made by another company because just to cover that warranty. And you're paying for the warranty. But, you know, if you're the kind of guy like me that can carry the same lighter for four or five six years without losing it, then that makes sense. For someone who's going to lose lighter every time you go out to the golf course, you might rather want to go with like a Lotus or a Vertigo. Lotus is bringing out four new lines uh, at the show this year too, so that's going to be really exciting. Well, and a lot of the cigar accessory companies have done a wise thing. Instead of the classic triangular shape of the triple jets, they've gone to a flat shape. So you get a little better coverage over the front of your cigars than you do with well, just you that can straight. Well, you can, you can light it and just go back and forth and just kind of like flick your wrist a little bit and uh, it just will cover the whole cigar where with that, um, with the triangle one, you kind of have to go in a circular motion and then you have to touch it up and the, the flat just works a lot better for yeah. me. And Calibri released uh, the Stealth uh, in about 2012 and I think that was the first cigar that ever had that inline triple jet in that way and I, I'm starting to see more and more people in fact one of the new Lotus ones that's coming out actually has that arrangement it, you know it goes my complaint against I'm not a triple jet guy I'm, I'm actually a soft flame guy but the with the triple you they're so thirsty for fuel and by putting them in a line like you said you get a little bit better coverage and so you don't have to sit there with the lighter lit for so long and so you actually get a little bit you, you increase your fuel efficiency just because of the efficiency of getting your cigar lit. And one of the coolest lighters I've seen this year um, is actually on the more expensive side just for what it is, but it's the, it's an ST DuPont, um, and it's a little thin guy. I mean, it's not probably about the size of, like, three sheets of paper. Oh, wow. Um, it's super thin, and uh, it's a single flame, but it's a flat single flame, which is kind of odd. So it kind of it, it blows out, and it's about, I would say, a quarter inch wide single oh, wow. flame that blows out and I mean it's great for touching up a cigar or lighting um, and I mean the lighter's about like that I mean it's just very thin the tank's not very big so I mean you're going to be refilling it every day but um, it doesn't hold that much fluid so if you buy a can of butane refill it every day it'll make it through a year so do you know about what the price point is on that I want to say it's around a hundred that's not bad I mean for a single jet I think jet, it's a hundred to a hundred and fifty okay um, which for a DuPont I mean that's cheap for a DuPont terrible yeah so well, and so much of that, I've kind of become more the soft flame guy, but I have more trouble keeping the soft flames running than I do the jet. See, Think I have the, the exact opposite problem. I, I find soft jets or soft flames to be bulletproof. See, one of my favorite lighters is actually a Calibri lighter that uh, has the uh, Rocky Patel symbol, and it's a red and gold lighter, and it's a flip top, and uh, it's got a soft flame and a torch. 
and that lighter I used it for three years honestly I think it's currently misplaced because I haven't been able to find it it's either at my apartment in Tuscaloosa or it's missing I don't know which one but I love that lighter and um, I'm going to be down there here in a couple weeks so um, I'm definitely going to have to look for that because I want to start using that lighter again and it's been great for the past three years for me and I mean I've never had any issues out of it so well and there's one more the Tommy Bahama set that's coming out yeah the regatta collection and um, have you it's, got the information on that? I, I do. Um, first and foremost, it's gorgeous. Um, it's available in a couple of different colors, but the, the press photo is the orange, which I really, really love. The, the cutter, it's, they've got two different lighters, a cigar case, and then the cutter. It's a dual torch lighter. They've got a quad flame lighter if you're really just you know, trying to compensate. And then the, the cutter itself retails for about 75 bucks. It reminds me a lot of the Calibri Slice because it's that same butterfly shape that we're kind of used to in spring-loaded guillotines these days, but it's flat-sided. So it it's kind of, it, it's about, about the shape of a matchbook. Uh, so you don't get, I've got pretty big hands. And so I, I really struggle with some of those butterfly cutters because they pinch and what's nice about that is because it's got a, a wider platform it, it really fits my hand a lot better are you sure that are, did they partner with Calibre on that at all because it, it kind of looks like they did just from the shape of the cutter the cutter looks very similar but looking at the lighters it doesn't look they haven't released who they partnered with on this uh it, it actually looks actually kind of looks like a Lotus lighter, um, but I'd have to do a deep dive. I am going to do a deep dive and see if I can find out who they partner with because it's just gorgeous. Well, and this brings us to something I did want to make our listeners aware of. You've got about a week. You need to really be talking to the guy running ordering at your shop, whether that be the owner or whether that be the guy in charge, and talk about what you want to see come to the shop. Because they're going to be so inundated with all of the data at the show, they need to have that information in their mind. Well, because they're already starting to budget for, for the show and how much they're going to spend. And this is the big year. I mean, this is a year where um, anytime we're coming around IPCPR, they're getting ready to fork out some money. So um, you definitely need to go and, and tell them what you want now so they can go ahead and kind of budget that into what they want to spend because they're going to be overcome with meetings and um, meeting with different companies and then walking around and trying to see what new companies are coming out with and trying cigars and stuff like that. So, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And the the other thing is, if you're if you're a regular at your local brick and mortar, odds are the owner, whoever's in charge, has probably started asking people what you want to see come out. But it it probably would be a good idea to just reiterate to whoever it is if there's something that you're really excited about to make sure you put that bug in their ear now. Well, and if you get on Half Wheel, they're excellent. Halfwheel.com is an excellent cigar website, and they have a lot of the a lot of the stuff we mentioned today came off of Half Wheel. That's a great place for you to go and look and say, okay, I'm very excited about the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli. Yeah, that was one that I saw. Um, I saw that, and then I saw the Alec Bradley Prinsado Lost Art. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that's what it was called. Um, and apparently they've been uh, releasing that in limited production for the past couple of years, but now it's going to um, go into their regular line. And then also uh, Rocky Patel, if you're a big fan of the Hamlet cigar by Rocky Patel, they're releasing a Hamlet 25 um, that could be interesting, especially if it comes in around that same price point as the Hamlet. 
Um, and then they're also adding to their vintage line. They're going to do the uh, 06 San Andreas 11-year vintage, um, which could be... I'm really good. excited San, about that. San Andreas rapper always, um, ever since people found out that that's the rapper that uh, Padron uses, that's become a big hit mm-hmm. with all different companies coming out with different San Andreases and stuff like that, so... So, Jonathan, you've worked in cigar shops ever since you were of an age to smoke cigars. Yep. When a new customer comes in, somebody who's just getting into the cigar Mm -hmm. lifestyle, what is the best line of cigars that you can put them on that will, A, fit their budget, B, give them the greatest range of flavors, where they start with this cigar and their next step's going to be this one and their next step's going to be this one? What's the line that you would put people on? Ooh, um... Not a huge fan of the company, but I think they do a great job of having different ranges, especially for um, people that enter into the cigar industry, and that would be Padermo. Um, I think they, they have a great, because um, they can start out with like a 10th anniversary uh, Champagne Connecticut, um, and then they can kind of move up from there. They can go to like, I think they have a couple Cameroons they came out with recently, mm-hmm. um, and then they have uh, like different Connecticut's that slowly get a little stronger, and then you can move into like their Maduros and Sun Grown, so... I think Padermo as a whole brand is, is a great line, great company to get into for beginners just because they do have that wide range. And even their strongest cigars aren't overly strong to me. Um, they're going to be more towards the medium to full is about as strong as they get. They don't really have that like full body in your face, like um, set you down kind of taste. So um, that's kind of the company that I lean towards when people come in and want to try something new or if they come in and they want to and they haven't smoked a lot of cigars and they're like, Hey, I want something mild. I always typically suggest the 10th anniversary um, champagne, um, Connecticut for them. Um, that's kind of the go-to suggestion. Occasionally, I'll suggest like Rockies, depending on what shop I'm at, uh, or because I work. I've worked at two different. I work at kind of two different shops. I work in Franklin, and then during the school year, I work in Tuscaloosa. Um, so um, there, I'll suggest Rocky Patel 99 because there they have a huge selection of Rockies, and Rocky kind of has a little bit for everybody. Um, and then sometimes even La Polina at that store, just because we had a lot of La Polina stuff there, and they have a nice Connecticut that's really good. Um, and then their medium body, I think, is where they really do a good job at it with La Polina. They do a really good job on their medium bodies, especially uh, we had a purple label down there, which we had an, uh, an agreement where we got some stuff that never got released at other stores. It's going to be released throughout the next couple of years. So we got the purple label, which is one of my favorite medium body cigars. It's just tons of flavor in it. It's not very strong good construction burns perfect and uh actually bought a box of those so and then if you start graduating up to the full body the la polina black label is one of my favorite cigars yes, of all la time polina black label and actually la polina this year is releasing the bronze label as a taa cigar and if i'm not mistaken i think they partnered with rocky patel on that um i've actually already smoked the bronze label because i was we got those in a couple like a year and a half ago do you have like any an exclusive more? to just r&r cigars so um We've had, we actually have the bronze label on the shelf right now, so if you're in Tuscaloosa, you can go ahead and smoke that and see what you think about it. I'm because, sending you back to Tuscaloosa with some money. Yeah. I want to um, try that. Because we have, uh, down there, we had the white label, which is not mm. released. We had a purple, a blue. The blue's excellent, but purple's probably my favorite. Um, then we have the bronze, um, the black label, um, the red label, which are the two that have already been released. But then they did a black four-star and a red four-star which are blend, it's a tweak on the blend that they already have, which is really interesting. Now, Trey, who would you put them on? Uh, Perdomo. That's, uh, that's my exact answer because 
that 10th anniversary champagne has gotten more people that I know of to start smoking cigars than probably any other. Yeah. And you're, they, they do such a good job. I kind of, I, I really love Perdomo, and I, I especially love the company, the way they treat their employees, and I've got some really good friends who work for the company, and, and I really like the way they operate their business. But also, I kind of talk, consider them... Uh, for lack of a better term, kind of the Starbucks of cigars. Because Starbucks is never going to be the best cup of coffee you've ever had in your life. It's never going to be the worst either. But you always know what you're getting when you walk through mm-hmm. the door. Perdomo's the same way. Their their Connecticut's are really good, but it's not the best. Their sun-grown... I, I absolutely love their sun-grown wrapper. And then their Maduro's really good. It's more of a true Maduro, which is it's a little sweeter than it is spicy. And then they just, everything is so consistent across the board that you always know what you're getting with them. I, I absolutely love putting people on that brand. And that's a brand that has a lot of loyalty depending on where you are in the country. I know plenty of people that, like Atlanta has a lot of people that are Perdomo-only smokers just because of how awesome the rep is down there. And so, whereas up here we don't, I'm not saying it's anything about the rep here, but regionally, I notice there's not nearly as much Perdomo mm-hmm. smoked. So it's just kind of interesting how that plays out. And the, the uh, Sun Grown Habano is one of my favorite Perdomos. Um, I, like I said, I'm not huge on the brand. I don't smoke a lot of stuff from them, but the uh, Sun Grown Habano and uh, the 20th Anniversary Maduro are probably my two favorites from that company. They released a 10th Anniversary Sun grown mm-hmm. um, to pair that that piggybacked on the champagne really nicely back in about 2012. Wasn't that the Noir? Uh, they did. They it was the the same year they introduced the Champagne Noir, which yeah. was just the 10th anniversary champagne with a Maduro wrapper. Okay, that's what it was. And then, but they also did a sun grown, but the sun grown actually had a different binder and filler than the original champagne so it's a little bit of a different cigar well, with the sun grown wrapper you have to pair it yeah, exactly it differently to get the flavor out of it and it was one of my favorite cigars and and perdomo is still one of my go-to's at the end of a night if if i've decided that you know my friends are all hanging out okay i'll have another cigar that's always what i go for for my for my nightcap well and i love drew estate i'm always going to lead them more toward drew estate just because it's nicaraguan tobacco mm-hmm. And I would always rather be on a Nicaraguan tobacco than a tobacco that comes from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I've just not had that. better mm-hmm. than Nicaraguan. And usually the first cigar is going to be that Undercrown Shade. Yeah, um, the Undercrown Shade, like I said, is my favorite. But when you, the way you, you did the question, I was going to say the Undercrown Shade to start people off with. Um, but it was when looking at the curve. entire line, Drew Estate does kind of lean towards that full body. And so I think after the Undercrown Shade, Maybe the Undercrown, but I feel like that might be a little too strong to like step them up from there. Where I think uh, um, Padermo, they just have like that. You can graduate. You can a little gradually more. step up, and even if you go to their strongest, it's not overly strong. Well, and this brings us to the part of the show where we do our cigar under eight. It is tonight's cigar under eight dollars. So even though we still don't have a theme for it, I blame Bo. <laughs> we still don't have music for it, but I'm going to talk about the cigar I just smoked, the Java. You're talking about a price point, the five by or six by fifty, still only six dollars and forty cents. I mean, that's a great deal for that cigar. 
Now, I've sat here during the show and smoked an entire one of them, so it's a much quicker smoke. It's a 45-minute or so, but I think all box presses tend to smoke faster. Yeah, they're going to be rolled a little bit lighter, so they're going to smoke a little faster. But it has that. You can get the Dolce, which is the lighter flavored of those. Not as much dark chocolate, more light chocolate. Everybody says they taste coffee. I don't taste the coffee in it as much as I do the chocolate part of it. Well, what I try to suggest to people on, like, the Java is, like, the Java Madura, I put it as, like, a, a chocolatey coffee kind of taste, and where the latte is, like, a, that creamed coffee and chocolate, so so it comes across as more of a milk chocolate, and then you have the mint, which is tastes like a Thin Mint Girl Scout cookie, which <laughs> I'll secretly not really tell anybody, but, you know, about once a year, I'll get the Petit Crown on one of those and smoke it just because it tastes good. Um, <laughs> By yourself in a dark room. Yeah, where nobody can see me. Um, because your can take the band off. Oh, yeah, because people will definitely make fun of me for that because I'm, I'm always preaching like, oh, full body, the stronger, the better, and then you see me smoking a little Petit Corona, um, <laughs> Java Mint, and you want to make fun of me, it's fine, whatever. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, it's my, it's my secret little, like, like you know how that pleasure. kid has that, that, like, pizza or candy or something hid underneath the bed and hides it from his parents. His parents are like, you don't need to be eating that, and then he sneaks it out. Yeah, that's kind of me when I smoke a Java Java mint petite Corona. So. The moped of cigars. You don't want ever your buddies ever see you riding it. <laughs> but um, pretty good show. I don't think we've got anything else to cover. Anybody else got anything? No, Jonathan. I really appreciate you coming back and oh, sitting down awesome. with us again. Uh, I I really enjoyed it the first time, and I think I enjoyed it more this time. So. Uh. Well, you are certainly welcome back anytime. In the meantime, I would like to encourage all of you who are listening to reach out to us if you have show suggestions or just want to drop us a line you can reach us on all forms of social media facebook.com slash the cigar cast you can reach us by email info at the and of course uh, we've had about 15 20 people just uh, add us on instagram and and like our photo while we've been recording here uh, instagram and twitter are both at the cigar cast well thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next week